Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Let's get into the PowerPoint so that we get the bulk of information for the first half an hour, and then we'll go into chatting. Okay. So we're going to continue into dealing with tough conversations in real estate. Um, just as a reminder, this is what we can never forget that this is what the process looks like to our clients. Um, this is something that we're very accustomed to, but our clients tend to handle it much differently than we do. And so um, getting into the bulk of what we call at the Black Swan Group, caviar is so important in how we engage when people are attacking us or when we're under pressure or we're dealing with a difficult situation. Okay, so whether going into a listing appointment, um, home inspection, a client that is upset with us because their expectations are completely different than what we would assume is reasonable, we have to really focus on ourselves and our mindset. And the Black Swan Group has tools to help us do that. These are the different steps of caviar. So far, we've taught tools that are that pertain to how we engage with other people. Caviar, on the other hand, really takes a look at ourselves and, and is really more introspective. Have you progressed to the, the, the point that there's a trigger that you know that resets you, that says, okay, breathe, stay calm for you or Troy? To, because to me, that's the biggest. So uh, Derek would say, what do you do when you get popped in the mouth? because that's that's the jarring thing and then all that pre-planning we had as they say goes out goes out the window so that that's my that's my direct question for this of how do we how can we create a a, a role play scenario to better practice that more effectively so that when it happens in the real world we our nervous system is a little more primed for that thanks that's guys. that's a great question john um and you brought up a couple wonderful points. Um, the first is, is that our triggers are all going to be different. So my trigger for me might be completely different than your trigger. I tend to, um, I feel it in the pit of my stomach. You know, I'll just feel this tense in the pit of my stomach and I am an assertive. So when someone lashes out at me, I want to correct them. I want to make sure they're corrected and that doesn't work in any type of a negotiation, um, especially, especially real estate. I have, um, I remember Troy, actually. I, I remember, I have Troy in my head, a little, like the little angel on the one side of my, my shoulder that I'm remembering as stay curious, stay curious, because I have too many examples um, in my past as an assertive, particularly as a very young person um, in which an assertive reaction didn't help me or didn't work for me long, long term. And um, the second point that I think you made is that is extremely important is practice. This takes practice. It's not something that just happens right away. We're not going to get attacked the first day that we learn this and then naturally react this way. I know in real estate, I'm negotiating. So I tend to, that's my, that is my, trigger for me to know that this is where I'm, I need to be a professional and I need to negotiate. So caviar comes to mind. But um, the more that you practice, the more that you remind yourself 
and you breathe deep or whatever, whatever it takes for you to get back into that mindset, um, the more that you'll know that you'll see the results, the more that you'll see that your negotiations are going um, better, that the next attack that you get into will, um, will go a little smoother for you. Um, venting for me is extremely important. I know that that's something that really works for me um, in caviar. And so um, I try to keep a team. This is a team sport. Negotiations is a team sport. So I keep a group of people around me. You don't have to be on a team, um, but you can, we all have colleagues that we can go to, to vent with who understand the business and know that um, you know what it takes to keep a deal moving as opposed to just jumping in with you and attacking, um, allowing you to vent, allowing you to self-label, and then being in a better mindset to stay curious during the negotiation. Would I be out of line to add something? Please do, Troy. So one of the things that you guys have to remember is when you're doing this, sometimes you are, we're human. And because of our humanness, we're, we're going to get pissed at some point. And when we do, we talk about labels and mirrors and dynamic silence. Label yourself. Why am I? It seems like I'm getting upset over this. And then you say it again. It seems like I'm getting upset over this. That helps to clear your mind because you start getting tunnel vision. The amygdala has kicked in. Now you're getting tunnel vision and you want to attack back. But when you use a label against yourself and say, it seems like I'm getting upset over this. You put it out there and you remember it start to bring you back into focus and say, you know what? Stay in the game. Mm -hmm. Why are they making me upset? Why are they saying this? And we told you it's normally one of three reasons. They feel like you're not listening. They're under pressure or they just that's just who they are. They like to attack. And it's worked for them in the past. So clear your mind when you start feeling like you're losing it. Clear your mind by giving yourself a label. Label yourself. And you will be surprised at how it starts to bring you back into the game. Subscribe to the Black Swan Group's negotiation newsletter, which is free. Doesn't cost you anything. I had a colleague with the FBI that used to like to say, if it's free, I'll take three. Here's how you subscribe to The Edge if you're in the United States. Send the text to, the number is 33777, that's 33777. The text message that you send is Black Swan Method, Black Swan Method 23777. Comes to your email inbox on Tuesday mornings when you're ready to rock and roll and get after the week. Have you found it's effective if you say you label yourself outside so it comes out, goes back in your ears and you hear it, or can you think it? Is that just as effective? I know sometimes it'd be awkward if you're in the middle of something. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to go over well. That's I love that because it's so true. It's not going to go over well in the moment if you're in front of someone. If you're not in front of someone, yeah, if you say it out loud, you're hearing it come out of your mouth and it's, you're hearing it going back to your ears. And that'll help calm you down. But if you're in front of someone, just say it in, in your head and you'll realize caviar, curiosity and you'll turn it back on them. Remember, this is all about them in the beginning. It's not about you. So get out of your head. Almost every situation, we started off being attacked. I was called the N-word so many times that if I took it personally, I would never, I would never win a negotiation. But I knew they didn't know me. And by the end of it, almost every one of them asked if I would shake their hand. 
and apologize for the way they behave. Um, but I, I knew going in, it wasn't me. They just had somebody that had to, they had to get it off of their chest. And I happened to be that person. That's what I signed up for. Yeah. We also have in our offices, I'm going to show you my messy office. I apologize. I'm, I did some renovations, but I have things up on my wall to remind me in different situations, how, what works best for, you know, these, a lot, they're all black swan tools, but if you write maybe caviar up on a sheet of paper next to your computer so that when we get attacked, we, we go to this message to ourselves, um, that might be another good way to do it. For our particular process, what we start to do, me and my team, is we do all of our disclosures up front before we have an offer so that we try to be as transparent as possible because we want to signal to the buyer um, because the buyer's fear is always, I don't know what I don't know, what am I going to get? And then oftentimes the buyer agent feels like they've got to play hero to their client to you know, either get a bigger discount or any, anything like that. So I'm always upfront with, with the agents when I'm listing to say, here's everything. Before you write an offer, please download and look at all of their disclosures. And we have, we have everything up there. So my transaction coordinator, and ultimately this is my fault, had missed putting the termite report up. And so the other agent, very experienced agent, I'm out here in Southern California, um, said, um, hey, where's the term? And I said, it should be on the disclosures. Nope. I said, my apologies. Sent it over. And that created a hole now in my sort of pre-negotiation with them. And so she smartly said, well, the termite report doesn't look that bad, but now my sellers, because they're moving from out of state to Southern California, are worried what else did they miss and they wanted to ask for extra inspection time and i was asking for re the removal of all contingencies that's typically what we do not to handcuff them but to let them know that we're serious now we already had multiple offers and and they were okay but the offer we were entertaining with them was was clearly the best i had i had seller multiple countered offer smco out here um, to, to get everybody in, in line. But she used that now to say, well, and she used the F word, as Chris says, the fair word. Well, I think it's only fair if you give them another uh, five days to get the inspection done. And I just sort of, I just sort of froze. And I said, well, that's why we did everything. They have our inspection report. It's, and your, your buyer even said, it's, it's uh, thorough. This, you know, he goes, I'm, I'm an engineer and this thing is like making me crazy. Um, so I said, it sounds like there, this report should be enough, but it, but it isn't. Um, and then she said, well, but it should, it's only fair that we give them that time. Now, as it, as it turned out, the inspector wasn't feeling well, he was worried about COVID. So the seller, and I said, they still have 17 days statutorily to come in and look. She said, yeah, but they can't get out of the deal. And so anyway, that's where I completely fell apart because I created the hole by not giving the, the one thing and she smartly used that. Um, and I was trying to, I'm more of an accommodator type, Troy. So I, 
I was more worried about losing the deal, which is the real estate fear, than labeling a mirror back to her about how do we do this? You know, that's where time travel would have come in. You, that's something that you could have used in that, in that scenario, time travel. Acknowledge that the, that the, the report hadn't gotten there. You know, it was an honest mistake. You know? And then said, when your client said that this was an extensive report, and they seem ready to move on it. What was I to expect? What did that mean? What did that mean? So you could say, what, what, what was I to expect? What, what did that mean? Oh well, you know, they, they, they really love the house. Start getting them to, start giving them, the, you know, the proof of life it, and, and talk about how great the house was, or you know how you, you were very thorough down there. You know, they're doing your value proposition. And then that's when you take that off, take that off the table. Sounds like everyone appreciated the, the 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 inspection report. They already know, like you said, your agent is using that against you. They already know that you had it because it didn't take any time to send it over. You know, so when you use the you use the time travel on them, go back in time to where they where they where they valued the hard work that you put in to getting that report done. You said it was extensive. So remind them of that, but do it in a polite way. Troy, would you be opposed to explaining the fairness audit? Okay, so the fairness audit, that's one of the things that you want to put out in the beginning of the accusations audit also. We talk about fairness. Says so we want to be fair with you. If at any point in the conversation you feel like we're not being unfair, please stop us where the unfairness began and we'll go back to that part of it. So you get it out there before they say it. If they're saying fair, they're, they're, they're definitely trying to get more from you. They're trying to take more from you. Because once you agree to the, about being fair, how can you go back if they throw a number out at you? How about if they go, how can you go back and if they say, well, they need five more days if you're going to be fair with us? They're trying to bind, they're trying to tie your hands. So you get out in front of it by talking about the fairness audit, say, we want to be fair with you. And if at any point during our conversation or during this transaction, you feel like we haven't been unfair, Please stop us and we go back to where that unfairness began. Say, like, well, yeah, you know, it was about the 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 report. Then you take them back in time. It's a really powerful audit. It's really a useful audit. Um, and I tend to see a lot of reciprocity, even with the fairness audit. No, I'm not saying that you're not being fair. That's not what I'm saying. You know, and it, it it's helpful when people bring up the F word. Remember, you don't get in life what's fair. You get what you negotiate. If you want to become a better negotiator, click the link in the description below.